Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside. So at six o'clock tonight, the Baseball Hall of Fame will be announcing their newest members. Steroids or no Remember. steroids. And, and will the newest scandal that we have going on, stealing of signs, which is dates back to, I don't know, Little League, have some re- the same <laughs> results based on some future candidates? The Super Bowl is two weeks away. We have Mahomes versus Garoppolo in the battle of where Tom Brady will wind up next. No, that was a failed prediction. Just a totally failed prediction. But anyway... Uh, we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl, but we will talk about our failed predictions that we had from last September. And most importantly, Joe Lenardi has come out with his bracketology as of today. Seth oh, Kamins, you will be very happy. To, you will be very happy about two things. Number one, the Big Ten leads the rundown with eleven teams. That's yeah, insane. That's insane. And number two, he projects your Maryland Terrapins to be in the east where they would go to Albany first, and if they won in Albany, they'd be going to Madison Square Garden. And then if they, be, if, they win, if they win at Madison Square Garden, you will have the luxury and the privilege of buying tickets to come down to Atlanta to watch the Final Four with me. Here's the problem. We have not won one away game this year. So (laughs) I I, I can't really, as great as that is in theory, I'm not really that convinced it's going to matter. We're just, it's time for Turgeon to go, it looks like. If this team can't turn it around, they have played three of the worst games I have seen in Maryland basketball in a long, long time. And the team is, look, the team is 14-4, and four, but they're just not very good. And now Gary Williams had this attrition point, I want to say, in 2000, they were 10-8, and eight, and Gary chewed up the entire, uh, the entire fan base because we were booing, and then they would go on to go to the Final Four. But, and look, it was almost as talented as that one. But I, I, the big thing is the whole mass mediocrity. Wherever you are, you need to be somewhere else because we can't hear you again. But the fact yeah. of the matter is, now, the Big Ten is better. Better. So the Big Ten in bracketology has 11 teams. Not one of them shows up on the number one line, and only one of them shows up on the number two line. So is this just a matter of, and I saw this the other day, an interesting stat, and and maybe a game or two off as this was last week. But they said that the Big Ten away teams are 6-23, and which means they are beating the crap out of each other and home court advantage counts so much in that league, but is it a matter of they're just gonna, they're going to just beat the crap out of each other? I mean, it's going to be like the old Big East where you're not going to make it out of your own tournament because you're just beating the crap out of each other. That's what it seems like. Um, you know, I've watched a decent. You know, you, you, the last couple of years, it's funny you've talked. You know, can you hear me? Okay, am I talking? Can you hear me better now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the last couple of years you've talked about how I'm, you know, the two of us, I'm the expert. I'm not really a college basketball expert anymore because there's, it's, there's too much fluency with the players and fluidity, I should say, with the players, where they're in one year out the next. It's hard to keep up. And look at the Big Ten. I didn't see a whole lot of – there's six or seven teams that are ranked. 
but only one in the top 15. It's just, it's a very tough conference, but it's not a very, the high, what we expected on the high end hasn't, hasn't come to fruition. Well, look, I, so it's going to be a lot Michigan of nine and seven, 10 and 16. Yeah. I put Michigan State as the number one uh, winning the whole thing. And they're according to, again, this is bracketology. We're, in January, right? A lot can change between January and March. But Joe Lenardi has the number one line of being San Diego State, Kansas, Gonzaga, and Baylor. None of those That is not the most obscure top four I've ever seen. Yeah. So no ACC teams, no Big Ten teams. What what we got? Two WAC teams, a Big 12, and a Big Ten. Oh, uh, sorry. And a, sorry. Big, How many Big Twelves? Oh, we got two, two Big Twelves and two Wax. And two Wax. Well, no. But, uh, what do you call it? Is in Boise State, the Mountain West? No, or they the San Diego State. San Diego State. Yeah, but Gonzaga. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Gonzaga is Mountain West. Oh, okay. So you have a Mountain West, yeah. you have a, a WAC team, literally a WAC team being San Diego State. The last time I recall San Diego State being good in basketball, and granted, this is dating me quite a bit, even more so, the last time I even thought about San Diego State in basketball is when I found out that Tony Gwynn played basketball for them 35 to 40 years ago. Um, no, you're missing, the one, you're missing the one obvious guy. Kawhi. So, yeah, I'm missing Kawhi. You're right. And they've been they've gone to the tournament a bunch of years. They just done anything there. So I, you know, who knows? I I don't I know they're I think 18 and 0, but I have I haven't seen them play this year. I I don't I don't know. I know the ACC is yeah. all sorts of stuff. Well, the, the the ACC supposedly only has five teams right now, so that would be a new low for them. Um, I will not talk anything about Syracuse right now. They are on they are on what I would call a mini run, and I'd like to see that continue. So that that that's enough. Um, but overall, look, college basketball is exactly what we thought it would be—a mosh pit of just mediocrity. That, that's what we said at the beginning of the year. That's yeah. what it's continued to be into January. And there's good and bad to that, right? So the good is that anybody, and I mean anybody, can win this this year. More than any other team, more than any other year, this is a year that San Diego State has a chance. This has, this. I mean, potentially, this could be a – a real underdog story with with a team that we've never heard of or never even thought of making a run because there are no top, top teams. Now, what does that mean for teams trying to get back into it? For those that are trying to make the tournament, that just makes it that much harder. And I say that because there are – you can say that there are still signature wins – you play at Duke, you beat Duke. That's a signature win. But there are less of those sets. There are just less great teams, which means one victory over a team, which in the past may have put you into the tournament, may just, like, you win at North Carolina this year? That doesn't get you anything. It, it so, may it may give uh, Roy it may get Roy Williams a pink slip, but other than that, yeah, not too much. Do you really think Roy Williams is on the chopping block? I can't imagine. No, even for no. one year. One, he's won three titles. He's fine. But the reality is, they really haven't recruited very well over the last few years. But they have they've been very senior laden, and it's led to some really solid teams. This year, it just hasn't. With Cole Anthony injured, they just. They just don't have very much talent. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, but so back to what I was saying. There, there, but there's no signature win there, right? You go into no, you go no. into Dean Dome, you beat them. 
no big deal. You go into Cameron, okay, that's a big deal. All right. You go into Michigan State, that's a big deal. But, I mean, none of these are – you've beaten Zion Williamson and the Duke Blue Devils. You've beaten any – such Villanova is on the lower end. I believe they're ranked 19th this year. That Look, I'd be very happy with a 19 ranking for my team. But the fact is, you can't take a 17-12 and 12 team and say that team has beaten X, Y, and Z, and they make the tournament because X, Y, and Z were great wins because those wins yeah. just don't exist. They just don't exist in the, in the NCAA this year. When you when you say who has had the most impressive victory this year, it may very well be Evansville winning at Kentucky. I mean, it's very difficult to gauge what we have out there right now. Usually you have your three or four standouts. You have Duke and Kansas and Michigan State and whoever. None of these teams are overly impressive. None of the, I mean, Baylor's looked very good this year. And I'll be honest, I haven't seen much of Gonzaga. I usually see them. I see them when I'm working late nights uh, come busy season more than anything else. But there's no, but, you know, they're, they're short. Uh, they're, they're short Brandon Clark. You know, Tillis has been hurt. So, I mean, they haven't really... I know they beat Michigan, but I don't think – or they lost to Michigan, actually. I think that's their one loss. I don't really know, you know, who they've beaten this year. I, I, I look around yeah. – You can pull it up. I don't, I'm driving. I don't know. Yeah, I'm looking at, I'm looking at bracketology. So, number uh, – uh, Michigan State has a two. Louisville has a three. Nova has a four. Any of those teams in the past five years have been a number one. Looking at the West, Florida State is the two, West Virginia is the three, and Oregon is the four. Okay, well, those three teams really haven't done much in the last ten years. I mean, well, they wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oregon went. No, Oregon went to a Final Four. I mean, they wouldn't necessarily be in that position. They're not standouts. They're not routinely in those spots. They may once okay. or twice be in them. So now you got Dayton as the two, Butler as the three, and Auburn as the four. Okay, Butler's made some noise, but Dayton and Auburn as two and four? Mm. And then you got Duke. Auburn made the, Auburn made the final four last year. I know. I know. And Dayton has the National Player of the Year right now in Tiffin. Um, yep. But, yeah, it's, who's the one seed in that one? Uh, that would be Baylor. Okay. And then the other two, three, and four is Duke, which we've seen, Seton Hall, which is having a renaissance of a year, and Maryland, who you have just told me can't win off their home court. So, World. last time I World. checked, yeah. And I'm assuming, who's the one seed in that one? Uh, that is San Diego. Oh, San good Diego. Lord. I would, I'd take that in a, I would take that in a millisecond. Um, but, yeah, no, we're, we're not a four seed at this point. We're, we should be around the six. But, anyway. Well, yeah. But that's the point. You're making yeah. the point. If you should be a six, the difference between a four and a six is very minimal, if any, at this point. And granted, ladies and gentlemen, we haven't even entered the meat of conference play yet. So we're just talking right now at the beginning of conference play, and a lot can change between now and then. But you're seeing when the best players in college basketball are freshmen – and then some of those freshmen decide, A, not to come to school, as in the two guys that are over in Australia, LaMike, Le, Le, Le uh, whatever the guy's Lamella name, Ball. Ball. Well, he left. Ball. He's no longer playing in Australia. Right. I know, but he's also not playing in college basketball. That's the point. True. And R.J. Hunter is the other one, right? 
I don't think it's Hunter, but I don't know his last name. Um, plus, now James Sorry. Weissman's out as well. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're either not, and so is Cole Anthony, who probably will not be coming back either. So that's four out of the top whatever. Hold on. RJ Basketball Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, we are really good on – it is R.J. Hampton. Excuse me. R.J. Hunter, I believe, was the guy that went to uh, went to the Celtics earlier on. Uh, R.J. Hampton. Right. That was the one but, who played for Georgia State under his dad and hit the game-winning shot yep. against Bale or in yep. the NCAA tournament. Yep. Fountains of useless knowledge, ladies and gentlemen. Seth and I have two of those. Um, but the fact <laughs> is, when you have – when the best players in, in college basketball are freshmen, and then four out of, let's say, the top ten, let's use them as ten, and I think it's even probably six or seven, four out of the top six or seven don't play, well, that's a decrease in talent. And when you can't – I don't think Roy Williams has done a bad job recruiting. I think he relied on a freshman who's not playing. <laughs> that's – same thing at Memphis. Has. So he, Memphis has. He's admi- he has admitted that the, his talent level has decreased over the last five years or so. Even though they did go to a champion, they did go to the championship game. I want to say three years ago. You know, and they beat Gonzaga and they lost to Villanova the following year. It wasn't an overwhelmingly talented team. It was the Joel Berry, uh, Marcus Page teams. Um, so. And it's just continuously gone downhill from there. I mean, Memphis is fourteen and three in in the AAC, but they're missing uh, Jim. I can't remember this guy's name. It's not Weisman, is James it? James Weisman. Yes, Weisman. Weisman, not Weisman. Weisman. Right. Not James W-E-I-S-M-A-N. Weisman. W-I-S-E-M-A-N. <laughs> He's not clarify. one of the tribe. He's not one of the tribe. No. Fair enough. He's not Amari. <laughs> He's not Amari. <laughs> so anyway, it's it's just been very interesting watching the NCAA and how this is all going to shake out next week, uh, next week, next month, and in the next couple of months as to where these teams are fitting. And but as I said before, you're I think you're going to see less bubble teams. And I say that because you're going to have your teams that are in. Bubble teams are generally bubble teams because they have that that impressive win or two. And I'm just not sure that those are there anymore in in any conference. Maybe maybe you win at Gonzaga and that's an impressive win. You beat uh, Louisville like at St. Mary's Louisville. or BYU does that. Yeah, but that's I agree. It, it's not that type of year. Like Syracuse beating Virginia in the past at Virginia would have been an impressive win. Now it's it's a good win, but it's it's a quadrant one win, but it's not an it's it's not an a, a win that you say they beat them at Virginia they're in. It's not the way this is going to work this year. Okay, so before we get to the uh, Hall of Fame inductees, which should be announced in approximately 10 minutes. And we'll, we'll tell you as they come across the wire what we can give. There has been a lot of movement in the since we last talked a week ago on this story. A lot of movement. Number one, Carlos Beltran was fired, left, mutual decision, don't care, is not the manager of the New York Mets anymore. The right call or the wrong call, Seth? Oh, Mr. Caymans. Sorry, you faded out for a second. What did you say? I said, Carlos Beltran is not the manager of the Mets. The right call or the wrong call? The right call. Um, Because you couldn't have a media circus coming in with a guy who's never managed before. And all this was just this was going to dominate the headlines for the next season. Not even spring training, and there's no way to avoid it. This is a team that, with the right luck, could you know could be pushing for a wild card spot. 
and you can't have this kind of and this to be honest, unless the Mets off easy, he's never coached there before, he's never coached before. So the Mets have the Met the only angle the Mets have is hiring him. So getting him getting him out without him having it just it just makes life a lot easier. Um, you know, the only negative is now you have you're three weeks away from spring training without a manager. Well, that's certainly true. I think that I think there's actually another component to this. So last year it was reported that certain Mets believed that other that other teams were stealing their sides. And including Jacob DeGrom, who is by far the most popular player on the Mets. Certainly the highest paid, but I would say probably the most popular player. I mean, two-time Cy Young Award winner kind of has it all there. How, if you are the Mets, do you tell Jacob DeGrom that this guy, who obviously was well-informed in the steal sign, stealing of signs, is going to be your manager? How do you put the trust of the players in this guy. And I think that's a bigger thing than even the distraction that it would be. I think it's when you have a manager, look, I've never played major league baseball, but I've played on teams. And when you play on teams, you want to trust the players and your coach or manager that you play on. And I think that that was a big, a big thing about this is that, if Beltran was never named in that, I don't think it matters that he was on the team. I think the fact that he was named puts that level of distrust in the players, even on the match. I don't disagree. So now we have another question. Disagree. So we're going to go. So in four years, Carlos Beltran will be up for the Hall of Fame. What stock do you put in this? Does this affect his candidacy? Does it not affect his candidacy? Should it affect his candidacy? Does it rise to the level of PEDs? Does it not rise to the level of PEDs? Where does this... Because at the, this is, to me, the equivalent of being named in the Mitchell Report. You didn't get tested. There's no hardcore evidence. There's no judgment made about you. But you were mentioned. You, there's evidence against you, but not proven. But there is evidence. It's kind of like Andy Pettit. Where do you put the stock in here, Seth? Do you, do you think it, it equates to PEDs? Do you think it eventually will or or? Or is it just I think, in a year, I think in year and a half it'll be gone? I think, I think in Beltran's case it does because, again, this isn't the first sign-stealing issue that we've had. Meaning, if McGuire, even going back to McGuire, to me, if McGuire was a Hall of Fame player or back – the stuff that he was in, I forget the name of the name of what he was using. I wouldn't have had an issue with him making it at, at 2000, you know, because it was legal when they were doing it. Once it was illegal, it's done. We, this was, we were warned about this. The Red Sox were warned. The Yankees were warned with the Apple Watch. Everyone was warned about that. So if you were doing it before, you had your you had your stop point, you had your breaking point, and they kept doing it, and that's you know, and that's the issue. So yeah, it's not. I don't think. Do I think it, it's at the level of a PED? Probably not. But Beltran's not at the level of a Rodriguez or a Clemens or a Bonds. The bar is thinner. And I think this will keep him out. That's an interesting take. I wasn't sure you were going to come down on that. Actually, I thought you were going to come down the other way. I thought you were definitely going to say this wasn't 
this was happened in the last couple of years. It wasn't that big of a deal, and it shouldn't affect his candidacy whatsoever. And I look, you know me. I I'm one of those guys where if you broke the rules, you're a stickler, and it and it affected your play. Well, no, you see, here's the difference. Here's why I come down differently on Pete Rose than I do on anybody else. Because Pete Rose has never affected his play. It's an outside influence. I get that. But it didn't affect you don't think it affected his. You don't think it affected his his managing? I'm inducting him as a player. I don't give a rat's ass what happened to his manager. I don't think you can. I don't think you can separate that out. He's still part of baseball. Well, there is a contributor category, and there is a player category. And managers get inducted in the contributor category, and players get inducted in I understand. But when you do something that goes against the best interest of the sport, which there's no question that this does, I don't think you can just... I don't think you can negate it just because it was while he was a manager versus he's still involved with the sport. Okay. I can't negate that. I can that. go with that. Okay. I can go with it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand the concept. There was another ruling that came down a couple of days ago, which basically – ended all chance of Joe Jackson getting into the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure if you heard this. I did not. It it stated, well, this was in in regards to Pete Rose, but it also applies to Joe Jackson. People were saying, okay, Pete Rose, part part of the reason you are put on the ineligible list is so you cannot get a job in baseball. That's that's really the point. The Baseball Hall of Fame has taken it to another level and saying that nobody on the ineligible list shall be excuse me, shall be allowed to be elected into the Hall of Fame. But the Hall of Fame does not have a rule that says Pete Rose cannot be in the Hall of Fame. What they say is that if you're on the ineligible list you can't be. And what some people have said is, well, when Pete Rose is dead, he can't get an, a job in baseball. Well, okay, that's logical. <laughs> I mean, if you go put one and one to get one and one together, you do get two. And once he's dead, they'll remove him from the ineligible list because he can't get a job <laughs> in baseball, and thus the the Hall of Fame could elect him because he won't be on the ineligible list. The what? Baseball came down and said was, once you are dead, you cannot be removed from the ineligible list. Which I found, wow, okay. So to me, I'm putting not one and one, but two and two together. If Pete Rose dies on the ineligible list, he'll never get into the Hall of Fame. And Joe Jackson's fate has been sealed for 70 years. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that finding. I mean, if something exculpatory comes out after the death, and they, I, I, you should be able to have the. It should be the ability to have that removed should be there. And he's dead at that point. So what the hell's the difference? Um, well, it's it's, it's interesting. Well, you know I my, have not heard about that. You know my views on Peter Edward Rose, so. Uh, I yep. I absolutely 100% believe you should be in the Hall of Fame, but um, it, it, it's definitely interesting. By the way, if you're looking for something to read and you don't have uh, too much time on your hands, uh, Joe Pazanski, who we've had on as a guest and we will try to have on after um, after opening day again, has written the top 100 baseball players of all time for the, for the athletic. I I can't tell you how much I have enjoyed reading this every day, every single day. Joe is a tremendous writer. 
Uh, I don't think there's a better sports writer out there. And uh, it, or writer in general. I am amazed by what he does. Okay. Um, I'm going out to Twitter right now. So hopefully, oh, so hopefully we can find out uh, Hall of Fame and so on and so forth. Um, so let me ask you this. Does Derek Jeter get 100%? No. Interesting. I thought you would for certain say yes. Does Larry Walker get in? He was polling at 80%. Now, what what many people have done is they have posted public ballots that have that the voters have made, but generally the private ballots, the people that don't post them, are the ones that have less They're and less smaller. people. Yeah. Smaller. So I, Larry I Walker, don't think he right, and I don't think he makes. Last, I think he ends up between. I know. I think he ends up between sixty-five and seventy percent, which will be one of the highest ever not to make it. If I remember correctly. That would be yeah. That would be uh, quite a bit. It, it's currently, by the way, it's currently on uh, on MLB TV. I am. Uh, I'm going to put that on here so we can give you the uh, the announcement as we get the announcement. And so you think it'll just be Mr. Jeter? I think it's just going to be Jeter. It's just going to be Jeter. Okay. Well, that will be a huge New York contingent going up to Cooperstown. <laughs> and, if, and you know what? If you've never been to Cooperstown, it, it should – Seth, you've been, correct? You've been to Cooperstown. I was in Cooperstown in 1983. I have actually okay. been invited to go – I've been invited to go this summer, which I may do, uh, with 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 uh, Mike Nirenberg, who you who you know well. Yeah, for the induction. Yep. Wow. I don't. You, I you don't. Should go. You should go. It'll be great, but I can't imagine. J- the problem is that I have to bring Jake, and I just cannot imagine a three. I found out he had a little bit of trouble sitting through the Nets Bucks game on Saturday night. Of course, I had trouble sitting through the Nets-Bucks game on Saturday night, so I can't blame him. But um, he's uh, – I'm not sure he's quite ready for this yet, for the Baseball Hall of Fame at this point, though. Okay. Especially with that amount of people. There's going to be a lot of people there that weekend. But um, I know my brother, my brother Jay has gone up. He went up for Gary Carter's induction. Uh, I have yet to go for an induction. I have been up to Cooperstown four or five times. It is on a, even on a non-induction weekend. It is amazing. Uh, I highly, highly recommend. I've been to the baseball hall of fame, basketball hall of fame, both the new and the old, the football hall of fame. And the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I've been to all four majors. If, if you count those as the four majors, I've been to the four majors. And if you put them in order of just aura, baseball gets a high number one. Uh, foot, uh, football is number two. Basketball is number three. And hockey, while hockey is a great Hall of Fame, it is in the bottom of a bank. No joke. It is in the basement <laughs> of a bank in Toronto. You could walk past it and have absolutely no care in the world that you missed it. You have to go down. So you go into the – it's like a ball. And under the bank – and they just redid it, I think, five or six years ago. But you go down an escalator and you turn around you're like, oh, there's the Hockey Hall of Fame. How cool is that? It's not like – Granted, it's in Toronto, and Toronto doesn't build the entire city around the Hall of Fame like Canton, Cooperstown, and um, Springfield do. But it is a worthwhile trip if you're ever in Toronto. Not that there's any reason to really go to Toronto. Especially since it's 28 degrees here in Atlanta today, I can only imagine what it is in New York. It is cold, dude. I actually turned on the heat. It is cold. Um, uh, Larry Walker sent this text, uh, sent this on tw- on Twitter a couple hours ago. 
Although I believe I'm going to still come up a little short today, I still want to thank all of you that have been pulling for me and showing your support. I'm grateful for all of you. It's been fun leading up to today, reading everyone's thoughts. Got to respect a man whose who's, uh, Twitter, Twitter handle is mo- CDM Mooselips33. <laughs> no, but you also have to respect the man that realizes he's probably going to come up short. Like, I get it. Three National League batting titles, seven gold gloves, and won the MVP. Coors is still being held against this man. And I'm not sure that's valid anymore, given the fact that there are stats that talk about, I mean, war is wins wins above replacement. That takes into account. OPS plus takes into account your various home home uh, field advantage, not really sure that's fair anymore. And it'll be interesting because we'll get to Todd Helton in a little bit too to uh, this year and next year to see whether he gets in. But I think sooner or later you're going to have somebody in cores that gets in. I'm hoping it's a pitcher because that would just be amazing. Any pitcher that could survive 10 years in cores would be great. I don't think it's called Coors anymore, by the way. Yeah, I forget what it's called. Well, it doesn't look like, based on on what's going on, it doesn't look like Nolan Arenado is going to be the first to make it there either. He is not a happy guy, which is a shame. Not, Uh, Not a happy guy. He wants to get traded. The problem with Nolan Arenado, and we've talked about this on the show, is he signed this huge deal last year, an eight-year, I think it was eight years and $240 million. But after 2021, he has an opt-out. And while he'd be leaving somewhere close to $200 million on the table, when you're a club like, I'll put the Mets in there, although I don't think the Mets would ever trade for him, the Mets or the Cardinals or the Nationals or the Rangers, when you're looking to give up talent, you're giving up talent with the backdrop that you only have. You may only have him for two years. Then he's going to opt out, and you got to sign him to a bigger contract than the thirty million he's earning. It it is not an enviable situation for the Colorado Rockies having your best player not want angry and not wanting to play with you. But if you're Nolan Arenado, you have to understand. Look, you signed the deal. You signed it last yeah. year. Things really haven't changed all that much in one year. You still have $55 million spent up in Brian Shaw, Jake McGee, oh, and Ian Desmond. Who the that heck is are Brian not Shaw? Going... Who is Brian Shaw other than the, other than the ex-LA Laker? I think it's Brian Shaw. Hold on a second. Now, now you got me... Ch- now you got me really testing myself. I think his name is Brian Shaw. Hold on. I have never heard no, of like like Brian Shaw. He is a middle reliever, but I am going to get. Okay, so I think we have the announcement, by the way, coming right now. Oh, nope, we got a commercial, so we don't have the announcement. So I'll get the. Uh... I'll get the stats here. It is, yeah, Brian Shaw. That's right. Maybe Byron Shaw. Brian Shaw, number 29. Yep, I was right. Yay. By the way, his nickname is Geek. Geek I think Shaw? I am now Brian Geek Shaw. I think I am now rooting for Brian Shaw. Any person that can actually on MLB.com put his nickname as Geek Yes, please. He's now in my. He's now in one of my favorites. I, I won't be picking him up though for my fantasy league. So we have our 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 next week. We have the Super Bowl preview, but we should talk about what happened this past week. So we have obviously Kansas City. Oh, by the way, where is your boy? Where is your boy this week? Is is, is he in Vegas? Does he, he is not? He, in, my boy not is one not. Of, my boy is not Vegas. 
I, I don't know where he is. Maybe he was taking the show is at five. Because even I didn't know he was at five thirty. So <laughs> until I look at your until time I look at five thirty. Our show never starts at five thirty. Yeah, it always starts Our at five thirty. It never. No, it, it hasn't never, it started always at five thirty. It always starts at five because that way I get home at six and the show's over. Oh, okay. Thought, well, next week we'll start at five. My well, I thought you put it at six so you could have G, you could have the baseball Hall of Fame stuff. Okay, well let's go with that. So anyway, so anyway, so how did your boy do? Do we know? He was one and one. Did he bet he, same as everyone else? Uh, I don't know the exacts, but I think he bet give or take evenly. I think he told me he broke even. So, well, apparently, break even is not else, enough to call it to the show. Yeah, if nothing else, Pat Mahomes has secured himself the first forty million dollar a year payday, don't you think? Yeah, that, I mean, he's the best player in the NFL, so I, I don't think that's much of an issue, much of a discussion at this point. And is this the end of the Green Bay Packers? No, and I say that. I say that with Aaron Rodgers being who Aaron Rodgers was, but have they reached their peak? Because no. they went out last year, and you think it's, you think they can get better? I think they can draft. This is a good wide receiver draft. I think they can draft wide receivers. I think they need them badly. Their defense is pretty good. Aaron Jones has become a top-level te- top back. Why why can't they get better? Well, in my opinion, I think they've ran their course. I think their defense is what their defense is. I think they're going to have to replace some middle linebackers. They're going to have to replace Blake Martinez in all likelihood. They have their what? You're right. They need a wide receiver. It is a big wide receiver draft, but they're not drafting high. They don't have a lot of cap room after what they did last year in re- basically replenishing their entire uh, defensive line. Do they have anything more to give? And I'm not sure that's the case. I'm not sure that they have another level to go up. I think that I think they reached their plateau. I think this is it. I think you you may see this team again next year and where they are, maybe in an in the NFC championship. And look, there's nothing wrong with getting to an NFC championship every year, but I don't think they have, I don't think they have another gear. And I think the older that Aaron Rodgers gets, the less likely that becomes where it is. No, just, just to take. So I think going back and, and looking at some of our predictions, um, I think I lose a lot of credibility picking the Chargers in the Super Bowl. Now, obviously, I, I don't know if it's key picking or the weapons aren't there. I think he needs another wide receiver. And until then, I don't know. I really don't know if it's if he's just taking a step back, but he doesn't have the talent around him. No, that's that's incredibly fair. I mean, by the way, did you see that Philip Rivers uh, moved out of of San Diego and moved to Florida? I did. I did, I, I did see that. I apologize. My son is booing. We just we just got we actually got an Alexa, which is a new computer, and my son is booing the music that is playing from there. Are you really but all he, Yeah. He needs to learn how to say Alexa off. <laughs> if he learns how to say that, he doesn't have to boo it at all. No. No. Come on, Jake. Repeat after me. Alexa off. <laughs> it is it's it is stuff. rather interesting. It is rather interesting when you see the Amazon commercials. And you have an elect, you have a echo or something that's right below your TV, and 
the person on the TV says, Alexa, do something, and your Alexa does the same thing. That happened numerous is, times at my brother's house. Numerous times. I will times. take your word. I yeah, will yeah. take your word for it. So, okay, so it looks like I, the- I am home, so it looks like they're about to make you, you know, I guess they're about to announce. That it, it's a, Right now they're going through the Derek Jeter, I, I don't know, the love fest that is Derek Jeter. So Brian Tenney is Welcome. about to announce it right now. And we are not, we, we, we don't, we're not licensed to actually broadcast this, so we'll just do a paraphrase as it comes down. Uh, by the way, so, uh, Pat Mahomes one of the top three QB runs of all time with, uh, well, I guess, here we go, with um, Steve Young and Mike Vick, but let's see what, let's see what we got. Wait. Steve Young and who else? Michael. I was going to put John Elway in there. All right, here we go. Tim Mead of the Baseball Hall of Fame. They said two players. It'll be Harold. It'll be Harold Bain. Larry Walker did it. Wow. That is wow. Wow. Congratulations to Larry Walker. That's pretty cool. So much for the cores. So much for cores. I like this. I think this will open up Todd Helton next year and the year after. Maybe not next year, but in a couple of years. The other thing is this opens up the look. Writers are only getting ten votes. Some of them have ten or eleven candidates. I think this also opens up a spot, perhaps, for Scott Rowland, who, if Larry Walker gets in, Scott Rowland should get in as well. I know this is not a comparison game. Because a strange there are comparison. Numerous, well, there are numerous people better than Harold Baines. So, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, Jeter and Walker. That, that's great. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy about this. I know you are as well. I am. I thought it was I'm, worthy. I'm, I actually think Scott Rowland is worthy as well. Those are the three that I would have voted interested. for. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing the um, the voting. And I know that they do publish this later. They didn't say how many. Oh, have we found out that whether Jeter made it unanimously? I don't think we've found that out yet. I would think that he, it would have been announced if he made it unanimously, like early on. I don't think – like they're going through the diatribe now for Jeter, and I'm thinking that that probably would have been announced a little earlier. And those that, they posted on com. Yeah, and those that listen to the show know I am not the biggest Derek Jeter fan by any stretch, but he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I am looking to see whether there are stats online um, as to the voting, but I I would think it's probably not yet. Uh, Nope, don't see it yet. So first Montreal, first predominant, is he going to the Montreal Expo or is it Colorado Rockies? No, he'll go in as a Rocky. No, so he'll be the first. Gary Carter, Gary Carter went in as an expo. Makes sense. I think Tim Raines. I think Tim Raines went in as an expo as well. So I think that there are two. So I think that there are there are two expos. Oh, and by the way, for those that that really hated on my Burp Lilevin crusade. Please go read Joe Pazanski's articles because he's got him in the top 100 players of all time. <laughs> um, yeah. And I know oh, one shy. So Jeter did not go unanimous. One vote shy, Seth. 
One. And we know <laughs> we'll find out who that guy is, right? I mean, there's no way you're going to be able to hide who that one vote is. And I wonder if that – you think that voter will get ridiculed? I think he'll get about 3,000 death threats on Twitter. Which is – now, here's my question. If Derek Jeter got, was one vote shy and this guy filled up the rest of his ballot, he put 10 other guys on there and said, I didn't put Derek Jeter on because I knew he would get elected, but I didn't want any – but I believed in these 10 other guys. Oh, here's he, the breakdown. Does he do, Larry Walker, oh, we got the breakdown. Six percent. Jake, believe me, if you don't get twenty-eight gummies. So Clemens and Bonds didn't move up very much. That's what. That's what that shows me. And Chill, and Schilling will get in next year. I mean, yep. that's what it shows me. Now, getting back to what I was saying before, do you think he gets ridiculed if? He gets ten votes. If if the ballot that he put in shows that he has ten votes and Jeter's just not one of them. Yeah, yeah, he will be ridiculed. That's why. That's why these should be, these actually probably should be private ballots. Because in, in another generation, I would have said okay, but considering the the, the venomous responses to, to things. I, I don't know how you can I don't know how you can You know, the guy shouldn't get death threats For not voting in Someone into the Hall of Fame At the end of the day It's just the Hall of Fame Yep Not life and death, ladies and gentlemen It's not life wow. and death Derek will, Derek, is, Derek will survive at 99.7% Which is the so. second most the Second greatest ever uh, yep. I think third is Tom Seaver, actually, with like 98.3. Okay, uh, so we're going to wrap up now. Do you have any last thoughts? Uh, yeah, I got, I'm on with the kids now, so I'll let you do the final wrap-up. So. Okay, all right, we'll talk later. Okay, sounds good. Okay. So, so the hockey, hockey Hall of Fame, Basketball Hall of Fame, Football Hall of Fame, and Football Hall of Fame is going to get some new players as well. And Seth and I will talk about that next week regarding the Centennial class. But congratulations to the Pittsburgh Steelers, I believe, class of 1974. And by that, I mean the rookie class. Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Mike Webster, Donnie Schell. And I'm missing, oh, and I believe it's Jack Ham was in there as well. Five Hall of Famers from the greatest draft class of all time. Insane that five Hall of Famers could come from one draft class. And Donnie Shell was not even drafted 17 rounds in. And he will be inducted into the Hall of Fame with the Centennial class. We will go through the merits of those players, the merits of those coaches, and along with our Super Bowl preview next week here on the show. For Seth Gamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio. And we hope you have a nice week. And if you're on the East Coast, stay warm because it's getting chilly outside.